She's a professional aromatherapist, and he is an international wellness advocate for the largest essential oil company in the world. But their love for essential oils has brought them together. Welcome to Fellowship in Essential Oils, where Elizabeth Ashley and Adam Barillet discuss essential oils and their gifts for the body, heart, head and spirit. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Fellowship in Essential Oils. My name is Adam and I'm joined by the stunning Liz. How are you today, Liz? Oh, that's a nice introduction. I'm really well, thank you, Adam. Well, we're going to be honest with you. This is our second take because we're having fun with technology today. The, the joy of the internet. <laughs> I've actually had to move rooms and you've been making sure your Wi-Fi is working as well. So hopefully this all comes through clearly for everyone on this take. Absolutely. Now, Power cuts we had here at this end. Who would have thought it, but let's give it a go. Exactly. We'll, we'll trudge on through. Hey, now, last week we talked about copaiba and it was your turn to choose the oil. You used your beautiful um, deck, uh, Tongue of the Trees, and sandalwood came up, which I'm really, really excited about because I think if I had to choose three essential oils as my favourites, sandalwood would definitely be a contender for being in the top three for me. What about for you? No, I am out deep water. What, was it, what would it, uh, Lady Garda say? Out of the shallows, definitely I am. I, was, I, am <laughs> I hardly ever, ever use sandalwood and I've had to hit the, bo- the books hard this week. So there's very little spiritual knowledge gone into this. This is all textbook learnt. So I'm going to leave you to lead the way because I want to learn from you. Beautiful. Well, let me tell you a little bit. I've actually had some great experience in actually learning a bit about the harvesting and the growing of um, sandalwood essential oil. So first of all, there are several different types of sandalwood um, that are available around the world. Now, probably the most popular one is known as Indian sandalwood, which is Santalum album. So you've got to look at the Latin names because remember that sometimes different companies like to give their, their essential oils a bit of a fancy name and call it something, I don't know, call it royal sandalwood or something like that. But when you look at the Latin name, that tells you exactly which essential oil you're getting. Now, another one, which is known as Santalum Panicella, uh, I always get this wrong, Panicellatum, uh, which is Hawaiian sandwood, native to obviously Hawaii. And you've got Santalum Spicatum, which is Australian sandwood. Now, you do get um, different sandwoods growing in Fiji and New Caledonia and overall. Doesn't matter which sandwood you work with. Well, chemically wise, I'm not sure if you've got a bit to share with us later on, Liz, but you know, the Indian sandwood, the um, the Alp Santalum album is considered normally to be the best, but they're much of a muchness. So if you were working with one of the others, I wouldn't be too bothered on a physical basis. Um, so my experience with, um, first of all, one of the concerns is about Indian sandalwood. When you think about growing essential oils, so let's say lavender. Say we need some lavender. We need some more lavender essential oil. We whack some in a field and one to two years later, guess what? We can harvest it. Whereas this is the challenge when you're looking at tree oils and resin oils, you can't just whack a tree in the ground and harvest that quite quickly. And in fact, you know, different people vary on how long a tree needs to grow before you can actually harvest good quality sandalwood essential oil. But the, the, I find it seems to be around 50 years is a kind of a, a midpoint in that way. So it's really interesting that you almost have to wait a generation before you're going to get great uh, sandalwood essential oil. Now, Indian sandalwood, of course, is mainly found in India, but because of the demand for it, there have been some issues with um, endangerment. 
and over-harvesting of these trees and them not being valued. Of course, the oil comes from the wood and the roots, and thus you pretty much, it's hard to harvest, you know, a lot of essential oil without actually getting rid of the tree in that way. What has happened, especially in Australia, is we're actually growing a lot of Indian sandalwood in the top of Australia, in places like Kananara. Um, and that allows us to have, I guess we can kind of govern it a bit more. They're done in big scale industrial kind of farms. Um, and, you know, it, it's a long-term project in that way. I've also had the privilege of going to Hawaii where we're actually um, reef, it used to be native forest. And we also, um, we're kind of, we bought back some of this farmland that was kind of cleared um, rainforest and they're now replanting the sandwood. Now, the really fascinating thing, which I'm going to keep on coming back to throughout this chat, is the really um, the nature of sandalwood essential oil So, or, or the sandalwood trees. When we were actually growing or planting these trees, you can't just plant sandalwood, 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 sandalwood in row after row after row. What we were doing in like Hawaii, we were planting other native trees right nearby, like koa trees. And in Kananara in Australia, they have a whole system of trees that they plant near it. Why is that? Well, because the, system, the root system of sandalwood is actually parasitic. So it must reach out and hold on and pull nutrients such as nitrogen and phosphorus out of the root and steal it off those other trees. It can't actually get it from itself. So this leads to really interesting nature physically, but also metaphysically as we kind of journey down that later on of why sandalwood is, yeah, of how it really impacts sandalwood. So, um, for those that haven't experienced it, I really like it because I'd say it's a woody, obviously a woody oil coming from the heartwood and the root of the tree, but it also has a spiritual essence. You'll find throughout history, and this is why it's been so popular, it's been linked to many different um, spiritual practices. It is said that it was used by the ancient Egyptians to um, in embalming. Um, it appears in the Bible, but normally it's the word aloes. They believe that aloes is actually a reference to sandwood. Um, and it's, you know, one of the key ingredients is in probably one of the most popular incenses in the world, Nag Champa. So it really has that kind of, it, it's been popular for, for centuries and centuries and still is today. So that's a little bit about the history of sandalwood and, and where it comes from. Um, Liz, how, you know, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about the, the chemistry and the science behind it. Do you want to share a little bit about that for us? Well, first of all, thank you for all those reminders. I'd forgotten about the parasitic nature of the plant completely. It's amazing how you can study these things for years and then keep bits and then forget bits. I think that's a, a really fascinating aspect that I wish I'd remembered to think about, really. But yeah, so it's such a complex oil chemically, isn't it, uh, Thunderwood? So Apparently there is over a hundred different constituents within it, but only 12 of them amass to more than 1% total of the, um, the chemistry. So we've got two really big players at the top, alpha santanol and beta santanol. I think that they are between them make up nearly 70% of the oil. And interestingly, beta santanol seems to be what gives the sandalwood fragrance and alpha santanol is what does the the magic the, the medicine um and i got sort of five different avenues to go around but i'm going to start with the thing that kind of 
I found this fact and then I was like, oh dear, I'm not going to do any more work this week because I'm going to go down this hole. I can feel it going a mile off. And that was to do with ectopic olfactory receptors. So olfaction, we smell, don't we? And we have around about 500 receptors in our nose. And really from that, we are believed to be able to, or sorry, I should say 500 different types. There's about, uh, about uh, 100,000. Uh, and from that, we can discern around about 3 million different fragrances. So how do we do that? Um, and there's lots of different sort of alleyways that molecules go along. And one of the things, bizarrely, when we talk about vibrations of essential oil is that um, they are distinguished by their frequency of vibration, that the nose goes, oh, I'll distinguish it that way. But in the last 10 years, ectopic receptors have been um, discovered. And ectopic means the same as it does when we have an ectopic pregnancy and that it's in the wrong place. So an ectopic pregnancy obviously develops within the fallopian tubes, but believe it or not, ectopic olfactory receptors can be on the heart, the lungs, the liver, sperm even, but that's a whole nother avenue that we won't touch today, and on the skin. And we have a specific olfactory receptor that only smells sandalwood. So for those of you who want to follow this lead, because I won't take it too far, but I'm sure all of the theorists among you will be like, oh, give me the number. So the olfactory receptor is OR2AT4, and that has no other job than to smell sandalwood through the skin and make wound healing and to make the hair grow, would you believe? So when the skin smells, sandalwood smells, and I'm going to come back to that statement in a minute, sandalwood smells rather than sandalwood essential oil, sandalwood smells, what it does is the body goes, oh, we need to send some keratinocytes, which are the formations of skin cells, to the area that needs healing. Let's heal over the skin. And I was like, woo, this is so cool. Now, the reason why I said about um, sandalwood smells is because there are three patents pending. I think maybe through one company, maybe not. Um, and they are saying, yes, but we did this with synthetic versions of the alpha-santanol alpha um, molecule, which is sanadol and bramarine, which I absolutely love that, like brahma. Um, and they're saying, well, no, actually, you can't do it with sandalwood oil. But then scientific studies are saying, actually, can do it with sandalwood oil. And if I were writing a book, I would allocate, literally allocate three weeks to say, right, get to the bottom of this. I didn't have that. So you might have to go down this and explore. But it seems to me you could. But what's the point? Because we know that it's a tremendous skin healer. We've mm. always known that, you know, it's been used in Ayurvedic medicine for around about 5,000 years for skin healing. And in particular, in particular, because uh, for conditions in the skin where there is hyperplasia in that, what that means is too many skin cells are being generated. So for psoriasis, for eczema, for flaky skin, 
all of those things are specifics for sandalwood essential oil. Is it because the skin's smelling it? Or is it, I don't know, I don't know. It's too difficult to tell. What I can tell you is that these receptors on the skin are about a thousand times weaker than smelling ourselves. So, um, so what I would say is if it were me, I would be going, I'm going to make an ointment. I'm also going to smell the oil. And then I'm just going to go, how quickly that's healed, how quickly that's healed. And not really get into the whole sort of mechanics of it. It's just really interesting to know. And we do, and we've got lots of other sort of different avenues that it goes down in terms of dopamine receptors, serotonin receptors. And so we can see how this would have this tremendous soothing effect, not only on the skin, but also on the central nervous system for anxiety, for thought, for all of those different things. So yeah, really fascinating. Had you come across the receptors before, Adam? No, I hadn't. So it kind of as you were speaking, I was thinking about the idea of, so would just diffusing sandalwood essential oil have an impact on the skin? And I guess the answer is at the moment we don't quite know, but possibly? Well, possibly, I think the answer is, so, uh, when... So I can give you like rough approximations. So in the Rose book that I wrote, there was a specific uh, trial where people's um, seborrheic dermatitis was healed by inhaling rose oil. Mm. So it can be done. And I would say inhaling, yes, perhaps not allowing not the not allowing the diffusion and expecting it to be smelt by your skin, but allowing it up your nose. I think yes, you could. Um, and also, actually, this appears. I didn't realise it when I said the sandalwood yes uh, last week, but it appears in my very, very, very favourite clinical trial. So I'll do a bit of reverse engineering so you can see how blooming clever this is, right? So people who have gone through the menopause, many of those ladies struggle with osteoporosis. And the reason that they get osteoporosis is because not only when their body doesn't make more estrogen, then it also can't control oxytocin and oxytocin has a bearing on bone density. So the trial, the, the, the team that was studying this said, well, that's really interesting. If we could affect oxytocin, then could we make their bones denser again? So this is like a, a period of about seven years worth of work, by the way. And so they did that and they said, yeah, when we can make oxytocin rise in these ladies who've gone through menopause, then they will get stronger bone density. So that's really exciting. So some clever um, person on the team obviously thought, well, let's try doing it with essential oils, which I absolutely love. So they said, right, if we had some essential oils and we asked the ladies to spend 15 minutes a day just inhaling the essential oils, will we see the difference in the oxytocin levels when we test it in their saliva? And yes, yeah, so they used about 15 different essential oils. Sandal was, was one of them. And sandalwood actually was one of the best performers. And they were able to say, yes, 
over the period of a month, if these ladies inhaled um, their essential oils, we see lifted levels of oxytocin. And so they were able to say, well, that probably will relate to uh, bone density, but also oxytocin is like your bonding molecule. It's what you have when you have an orgasm. It's that lovely gooey feeling or if you hold somebody's hand. Um, what else? Uh, vaginal dryness, all these things that would, the, the difference that would happen to these ladies from just inhaling this essential oil would be astonishing. So I think, I think yeah, if you have got those kind of situations where you've got poorly skin, I definitely would be making an ointment, but I would certainly be using it in the, the diffuser as well. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's something not just for sandalwood, but for all essential oils we've got to remember is sometimes we go, oh, I'm just sniffing an oil. What's that doing? But I hope, you know, as people continue to listen to each episode, they'll start to discover that a lot happens just by smelling an essential oil. I very, you know, I very rarely put them on my skin anymore. You know, yeah. I have them in the bath, but I, I do rely very much on olfaction because I feel like now I've gone through menopause, very easy for me to go, ah, <laughs> the world, you know, and to just being able to rein myself in. And when I can get control of my temper like that, because I have no temper, then a, a lot of other things settle down. I, I'm a big advocate of olfaction. Mm, mm. Talking about using it on the skin, um, you know, sandalwood is renowned for being great for in, as a skincare oil. And when I'm teaching kind of 101 skincare, um, I like to, you know, there's two main layers of skin. You've got epidermis, which is your top layers of skin, and you've got your dermis, which is your deep layers. Now, there's, we could go more intricate, but that's a nice kind of generalisation. Now, as a general rule, and I'm going to say this is a general rule, there are exceptions to the rule, but generally floral oils are really good for the epidermis, I find. Now, which is really interesting, when you look at fl flowers, again, when you understand the plant, you understand the oil. What does the flower do? It's about showing our beauty to the world. So the floral oils are very much about the surface layers of skin. So thinking about that, what would be good for the dermis, the deep layers of skin? Well, guess what? The wood oils, where the oil is deep within, the resin oils, again, they're deep within, and many of the root oils can also have a great impact on the dermis as well. So, yes, there are a couple of other oils that are good and that type of thing from leaves and fruit, but that's a really nice generalisation. So one of the ways I love to use sandalwood, and I tend to go backwards and forwards between a, a wood or a resin and a floral oil, is I'll just add one single drop to my moisturiser over the face. And that's, a, you know, that's why, as an 86-year-old, I look like I do. Kind of thing. Yeah, at 413, I think I'm doing quite well. I know what you say. You are, definitely. <laughs> I, I, yes, and I think that is a really clever teaching point. And we can go a bit deeper with that because we, we've talked about two oils there. We can say we know scientifically that rose actually matures the keratinocytes, these early skin cells, and makes them plumper. And then we've just, just talked about how the skin seems to smell the sandalwood and it's like, oh, recruit it up to where it needs healing. So, yeah, mm. it's almost like the blossoming of the flower, isn't it? Very much so, yeah. But, you know, this is probably, that's probably how I use sandalwood the most is in skincare. But probably my most favourite use is actually just wearing it as a natural fragrance. You know, anyone who's got, if anyone has got a perfume at home, I have a challenge for you. I want you to try and find the ingredients. It won't be on the bottle. 
It won't be on the box. It won't be on the website. In fact, where I have been able to find some ingredients of some of the, um, you know, the more better known perfumes, you know, they'll advertise as being, you know, scents of um, mimosa and lily of the valley. And when you actually get the ingredients, there's none of that plant in there. There's, you know, (laughs) synthetically made, like we're talking about, they can synthetically make essential oils and it's cheaper because you don't have to grow it, you just make it in a lab. And there'll be alcohols and parts of animals, even horse urine and whale vomit are in there. So you yeah. don't so you don't want to be using perfumes. You want to switch to natural fragrances, and sandalwood is a great one. Now, there's a little bit of research and a little bit, I wouldn't kind of put my last dollar behind it, but the san, um, santanol, alpha santanol, um, has a very similar structure to a human pheromone called ad, um, ad, uh, and Androstone, which is oh. about attraction. So it is believed that when you wear uh, sandalwood, it actually makes you more attractive. It works, it mimics pheromones in our body. So, which is really interesting, which I'm going to take us on a bit of a full circle now. Remember, we're talking about what does sandalwood do as a tree? It reaches out to others because it needs it. So if we look at the emotional aspects of where sandalwood can be really, really beautiful, what sandalwood I find helps is it helps us to, you know, it's really good for people that tend to be lone wolves who tend to go, no, I got this all by myself. And, you know, um, at the same time, sandalwood is used by um, some people in emotional healing for codependency. So sandalwood is a really, really great one for helping you go, I need to reach out to those that will help me. I need to surround myself with people that will support me and help me to grow because that's what exactly sandalwood does. Now, we probably don't want to be parasitic to those people and drain the life out of them, but, you know, there's still that kind of lesson of you need to reach out. In order to survive, you must be part of the ecosystem. The other emotional healing thing that's used for is loss of faith. And what I love about sandalwood is it has this kind of dichotomy between earthliness and heavenliness. It's a very spiritual oil. And it's very grounding oil. And I think it works really nicely with um, with helping us to feel grounded but feel connected to spirit at the same time. Um, and this is where I love to work with um, sandalwood, especially on the third eye chakra, because I feel the third eye chakra works as a really nice bridge between the crown chakra that obviously brings down that spiritual knowledge. And a lot of people, when they think of the third eye chakra, they're like, oh, it's all about intuition. And I like to expand it that it's not just intuition, it's about understanding. It's about using our intuition and our intellect together to understand how the world works. So with through the crown chakra, we come to understand what am I meant to be doing on this earth? And then we use our third eye chakra to go, and how do I do that in this physical reality? And so sandalwood is a really beautiful one in helping to tether your, you know, your spirituality with your physicality and and unite them together in that way. So clever. I can give you the science behind that. Fire away. Please do. So there's sort of three main receptors that we know interact with Alpha Santanol. And one of them, I'm going to use my book because I want to get this exactly as I've written it down. So we know about the balance, most people understand the balance between the GABA receptors and the glutamate receptors. Glutamate is the exciter receptor in the the, uh, nervous system and GABA is the inhibitory one, so it calms things down. So 
Alpha Sentinel has a, a, an action on, I'm going to read it out as it's supposed to be, glutamate receptor delta 2. Now, that is expressed in very certain kinds of cells. And for those of you that are sitting with your pen, I'm going to spell it out. These, these cells are called the jinky cells. So P-U-R-K-I-N-J-E. Even if you're not a SWOT, you want to look that cell up because I'm not kidding you. It's in, the, uh, it's in the brain and it looks like a sandalwood tree. So for jinky cells, just look, you've got the, the base root and then you've got these huge tendrils that go right out, loads and loads of little branches right out into the brain as if it's reaching out to everybody. And they are to do with um, cognitive flexibility. So for people who are, well, there's an, another interaction actually with uh, the dopamine 2 receptor, which is the target that they use for people for medicines for um, schizophrenia. So if you imagine those two working together, you can imagine somebody who's got very fixed thinking, kind of obsessional, kind of addicted to some idea. And that is often seen because these receptors are not working properly. So you can imagine how when uh, sandalwood gets involved, A, we kind of relax that obsession and we start to be able to think more clearly because, you know, third eye stuff is, it, it, that's the first thing you see go wrong with people who have got like psychosis and stuff like that. That's really confused thinking, no clarity, settling that down. The jinky cells go, oh, bring me more, more information, more information so I can sort it out. And so actually what you're experiencing, what you're feeling can be scientifically explained. I just love the name Pajinky. I want to have, when I have I get my next kitten, I'm going to call it Pajinky. <laughs> oh, no, it's lovely, isn't it? It's named after the, I think it was Australian uh, man that um, identified it back in, I think, 1843. So we've known about these cells for a long time. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Now, I did say at the start that, you know, the sandalwoods can kind of be, you know, you can kind of treat them in, you know, they're very, very similar. Would you, with, with your experience with sandalwoods, would you treat sandalwood, Indian sandalwood the same as Hawaiian sandalwood on a, on a practical or a spiritual level? Much I defer much to your knowledge. Completely yep. defer to your knowledge. I, don't, yep. I, I just don't know. I don't know. Fair I've enough. Got one, yep. I, well, I, I would say I've got two bottles of sandalwood. One actually came from a distillery last week uh, in Canouge. They sent me, sent me one. Apart from that, I've got a bottle that I've had about 15 years that I've literally taken about three drops out of. It's just, you know what we were talking last week about your healing click? I love the smell of it, but I just have no relationship with it whatsoever. It doesn't speak to me at all. No. Interesting. Wow. Isn't funny how, yeah. Isn't it funny yeah. how people are different? Yeah. Yeah. We've got um, so. I've started a new group on Facebook called Wartkening Moon Bathers and Crows. So it's all about like kind of the reading of the plant rather than the reading of the book, if you like. And we did this tremendous thread last uh, um, over the weekend of what oils don't you like? I was mm. everyone was like, oh, and they got really strong um like opinions about it. what was really funny is like people are really defending their oils oh you can't feel like that oh, you know, as if it was don't talk about my friend like that real strong feelings about the whole thing yeah do you know what i've found from from um working with the tarot and 
uh, essential oils is when you don't like an essential oil, there's a lesson there. It's almost like when when, yeah. when there's a person, I like to treat the oils like people. And I'm like, so what's the lesson of, of sandalwood, for example? Um, you know, it would probably be about reaching out connectedness and maybe some lone wolves might not like it or, you know, each of the oils, if you don't like it, look at where it's helping. What is it trying to help you to do, especially on that emotional level? And well, interestingly, three, there were four different people from different places all said that they'd been taught when they were uh, like being, they were training to spend a month with that oil that you don't like yep. to see what you learn. And every one of them said, I came out actually liking that oil and finding I use it a lot. Now, I have to say, I don't dislike sandalwood. I have, I have, I think I said last week, the opposite of love is is antipathy you know I'm kind of just like that about it but um yeah I didn't get converted to rosemary by the working by working with it yeah <laughs> but I do but I think all of those people said I learned such a lot by spent about myself spending the time with the oil that really I did not like yeah and, and yeah I find if someone doesn't like an oil what I say you know if I was to say I'll oh, just pop it in your diffuser and get used to it you'll be like not a chance in hell but what, what I've found is just by putting a couple of drops with a carrier oil and anointing it on the soles of your feet when you go to bed, and that can actually start to make a bit of a difference. And, you know, like geranium, when we talk about geranium, I'll tell you my, my first reaction to experiencing a true geranium, hated it. I was so excited to get it and I hated it. But I, but, but, but I worked with it and we're still not the best of friends, but we can definitely hang out in the same room now. And I think, you know, maybe for you with Sandalwood and the lessons that Sandalwood has, Maybe that, you know, just like some people were like, meh, they're not important to me. There's, there's nothing they have to yeah. offer you. And I do think that, there, uh, I mean, there was lots of people who said, I go, I have moments where I really like that oil and then I just don't want it. And I can be a bit like that with Ylang Ylang. And maybe that's what's happening, that we're reaching a point where we kind of need that oil for a bit and then we go through it again. But as I say, in my lifetime, I've never had a time where I've needed to use sandalwood, but I've really enjoyed being with, with it this week, but it will go back in the box now. It, will, it well, won't carry on through it next week. Funny, I tried my hardest, I tried my hardest. Yeah, yeah. you did, you did. But, <laughs> but actually, so it did answer a question uh, that I've, I've carried with me for a, quite a long time. So when I was writing the book, 50 Shades of Fragrance, it's, I, I used obviously a lot of sort of erotic textbooks. My poor husband was exhausted that week. But <laughs> there was a, a lovely passage in the book called The Perfumed Garden. Have you ever come across The Perfumed Garden? No. It's like a, it's a tantric text and it's very much about the way that the Hindus use scent in Tantra, it's a beautifully written book, beautiful. And there's this fantastic um, sort of seduction scene in there where it describes how a, a, how a groom should look after his bride on their first night. And it describes how the bridal party is together and what should happen in front of the people. There's quite a lot of seduction happening in front of, the, uh, of everybody else. And, but, and then it, he, they, they make love and then they like join together on the roof and look out at the stars and then the groom should use sandalwood powder and nurse all the places where she may have been bruised and I was like wow gosh that's extreme I can't imagine getting that kind of attention ever but <laughs> but but they really made me think of how we know now that the, uh, the, uh, the boost of oxytocin after 
um, after you've smelt the um, sandalwood. So first of all, it really would heal over the skin, but also she would be like, oh, I just, oh, I've made such a good, good decision here. I just really love mm. you. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I so loved it. I know it's always kind of, I don't really get why they chose sandalwood there, but after doing this work, I, I do. I really quite rate it. Yeah, and interesting what you're saying about oxytocin, obviously the effect we feel from oxytocin, again links into that that connectionness and that bondedness, which is, again, the principle of the sandalwood is reaching out and having those strong connections. Yeah, I mean, I really have been thinking, well, last night I I dreamt this, I kind of knew how this video was going to go. I was writing down all the things ahead, so I went through it in my head. But there was um, a lovely scene in my head where somebody went into a sandalwood temple and I just imagined how, like, their, their skin, there's, um, imagine, where am I thinking? Let's go back. So the Delta II receptor that we were talking about is also involved in tremors and ataxia. So, like, when we're talking about Parkinson's disease, for example, imagine somebody like that going into the temple and suddenly they stop trem tremoring, you know? Yeah, wow. And can you, if you're surrounded by a temple made of sandalwood, can your skin feel, you know, can you feel your, because the, 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 the sense is in the hair follicles, so can you feel that your the skin stands up on end, you know? You could see how they would think they've been touched by a goddess, you know? Yeah, but, very uh, much so. That, that you know these lovely effects that we we lost we we don't rec we don't know these things anymore so to be able to see these things and just kind of think about how they might be connect connected in a well not just a religious a spiritual sense but a religious sense i think is quite fulfilling yeah very much so very much so now one thing i did want to add as we kind of come to the end of this episode is you know when it comes to what i have found where the different sandalwoods do separate a little bit is in their spiritual aspect i find hawaiian sandalwood which is sometimes referred to as iliahi which is actually the hawaiian word for the tree um iliahi has a more feminine is probably the more the most yin of the sandalwoods um i find indian sandalwood to be a lot more yang um it has a bit more um oh, they're, they're both very, they both really kind of encourage a bit of um, taking some time out, first of all, to find out who you are before you reach out. But Indian Centre was really good for that. And then when you go to Australian, Australian Centre almost has that harshness of the desert and the strength of the desert of, get, of getting through. So you have this real gentle, poetic kind of nature of the Hawaiian or the Iliahi. The Indian kind of sits in the middle, a bit more yang, masculine energy, and your Australian really ha hangs that way. So I'd love to know anyone who's either watching or listening, um, if you would agree with that, if you disagree with that, um, you know, please please let us know if you've kind of experienced the same. But again, I think they're all fabulous, and any of if you can get your hands on any of them, of course they are going to be a bit more of an expensive oil because of what's involved in getting the oil in in the time. But it's definitely worth it. Um, so I have a question based on that then. Yeah. So what have you tried blending the more female Hawaiian with the more masculine, uh, what do we call Mysore, the Indian? Have you seen whether we get the, uh, you know, the effects of bringing those together? Have you played with that? That's what I'd want to play with. 
To be honest, I haven't. I, I'm a real purist. Uh, I, and I know, you know, Vanessa Jean, who wrote the book with me, Gifts of Essential Oils, she loves to make blends all the time. And I really love pretty much if you come to my house, I have several diffusers going throughout the house, but I normally just got one oil in. I'm a, it yes, I'm a it might be rosemary in one and, and sandalwood in another. And I just really love to get to know the individual, which is, yeah. you know, I, I, prefer, I prefer going to one-on-one dinners and I do to parties as well. And maybe I just like to go deep with that one oil. So I, I'm going to take Yeah, I'm, gonna, I, I'm like that. I am like I'm, that. I'm going to take you up on you that. Yeah. I love learning from you with this. Thank you so much for sharing so much wisdom. My really pleasure. Like, My pleasure. Yeah. Now we've I, got two things we need to do to make sure we finish. Astrologically, what would you put? Where where would you link sandalwood? Without a shadow of doubt, moon. <gasps> Episode three, and we have agreed. Yes, I, I would as well. <laughs> Very much so. Yep. Yeah, definitely. There's yeah. Just um. So I well, very quickly, I'll read this beautiful piece from Dale Pendle. So yeah. he describes moon medicine so beautifully. As if you've ever read any of his books, this is from Plant Powers, Poisons, and Herb Crop. And he says, the sun doctor moves easily through the world, unperturbed, seemingly able to open doors anywhere she wishes. A life filled with routines and good health with attendance to detail and reliability. The sun doctor knows where she stands. The moon doctor has no need for ground. The moon doctor rides dragons and knows the way through hell. The sun doctor knows how to stay out of hell and does. To the sun doctor, every day is unique. Every day happens for the first time. To the moon doctor, there are no days. He lives in one instant only, eternally preparing the lunar medicine. And it's just the most beautiful version of the spirituality, I think, and the mysticism of Sandalwood. So beautiful for sure. So that, everyone, is Sandalwood. We hope that we've given you some um, some little snippets and, and ways to kind of use it and enjoy it and when to reach for it for the body, for the mind, uh, for the emotions and for the spirit as well. Um, what as are we you going to give end, me next week? Do you know what we're going to dive into next week? The, as I was doing my bushwalk this morning, Palmer Rosa said it wants to be next. Oh, Palmer Rosa, exciting. So we're going to dive into yet. that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. Thank you for this time and thank you all for being with us. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure chatting to you, Liz, and thank you very much for everyone. Remember to rate, like, subscribe, all that jazz that helps to get our world and the words of the plants out to more and more people. We will catch you again next week when we dive into Palmarosa. See you soon.